Hey, this is Rocco from Evolve or Die. In the following podcast, friends Red, MJ, and yours truly discuss the recent decline in gun sales following the presidential election, the media's role in the election, and the role qualified experts need to play in politics. From there, we reach the starting point to the bulk of our conversation as we go into the weeds about, well, weed. Specifically, arguments for the legalization of cannabis in the United States for both medical and recreational purposes. Join us as we debunk a variety of common arguments against legalization and counter related misconceptions as we delve into the weeds. This is the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you want to talk about legalization of marijuana first? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, sure. Though before we go on, I just want to like say this is a real pretty funny story. Uh, Fox News says without Obama, the once booming gun industry is poised to shrink. Now that's I find that kind of uh, what are the details humorous that once Trump came into office, the Firearms industry took a sharp decline. I think I know why, though. I mean, it seems kind of obvious. Like, why? everybody is worried about the regulations uh, coming in harder under Obama. And with the, the election yeah, coming up, people that. probably were stocking up on weapons in anticipation for Hillary getting elected. It's the whole, like, you tell me I can't do something, so I'm going to do it. But now that I can do it, like, freely, it's like, well, I don't really yeah, like all, all these assholes who, like, go to Kmart with their AR-15 strapped on their back. Like, you can't tell me I can't. So I'm going to. It's just fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, legally, it depends on the business. If the business doesn't... Yeah, legally. legally just because it's legal doesn't mean you should. It doesn't mean you're not a douchebag for doing it. Yeah, I mean, right, right. like... I mean, it's legal... In some states, to uh, to talk on your cell phone like with one hand against your head, does it make it a good idea? No, it just makes those states stupid. Every state has really stupid laws. Sure, that, like, sure. It just takes too much time and effort to get up, like to to get to them taken care of and like, get rid of. So, yeah, I feel like if they went back and like got all the fucking shitty ass laws that make no sense anymore, I would like. That'd be a lot of wasted time. I mean, it already wastes time, but that's the story. Since Trump got elected, people probably are like, okay, we got four more years to, to buy our gun instead of the rush of potentially... So we can slow down. We don't need to worry about the democratic government rolling through the streets and declaring martial law. Right, exactly. I mean, that's. I mean, that makes sense to me for the decline. Yeah. Just people that are worried, basically. Are worried for eight years about regulation that never came... Right, I, mean, I think it was more anticipation of if Hillary got elected. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see like the uh, the graph charting out like how those sales changed like over over yeah. eight years and like what that maybe they might have spiked at the end. I, I, that I don't know offhand. I feel like I saw that somewhere where before any election, the weapon sales spike basically, and it becomes an issue on the forefront for a little bit. Yeah. But I wonder if, if those numbers are any different than previous elections. Yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, considering how polarized and, and frantic uh, politics have gotten over the last year, and then, you know, by extension, the last eight years, uh, I think this election in particular was really nuts. And, and everyone kind of going off the deep end on both sides. But media played a huge role in it, though. I yeah, think, I don't think... A, Election has been that televised and that like publicized, yeah. Like before, basically became like a reality TV show, yeah. It really did. <laughs> that reality TV stars running, <laughs> literally playing the system using the media potentially to, to get elected. Yeah, Trump literally didn't buy an ad until months into the campaign, like it might have been even as far as six months. I'd have to like actually check the numbers, but it was literally months before he even bought an ad because he was getting so much free airtime. Just by being sensational. He had CNN and Fox News talking about him. And it was just, you know, why buy airtime if you're getting free play? You remember his big announcement on the birther issue where he's like, I have a big announcement to make. And then for three hours, he advertised his stakes in his hotel, he had this huge event, and the media covered it. And then he comes out and says one sentence like, 
Yeah, uh, Obama was born here. End of story. Totally. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if it was his idea, but the media was <laughs> suckered into that one. I like it. One hundred percent. I like it. And they reported, oh, can you believe that he was promoting his stakes and hotels and all this stuff at a press conference for, you know, the birth uh, uh, he had an important announcement at. Like, he, they're just totally playing it up. That's they're, they're giving him that free ad, ad time. But men drawing attention to that announcement. Yeah, exactly. Self-licking ice cream cone. Yeah, it was almost like a mutual benefit because people wanted to see that, apparently, if they were reporting it. Mm-hmm. And then he got his, the, the free airtime. Exactly. I guess it's like that, uh, that saying in Hollywood. It doesn't matter if they're saying good or bad as long as they're saying. Right, as long as if you're relevant. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to change uh, politics going forward now that everyone saw that that worked. Yeah. You know, because it was kind of an experiment this time. And the media, too. Like, I think, as uh, MJ said, the media had played a huge role in, in how this election kind of played out. And uh, on November 9th, this is when I knew I, I woke up in the Twilight Zone, was when I was listening to Glenn Beck in an interview. And, I, and he, he was the voice of reason. And he actually said, the media, like we as the media, bear a lot of responsibility in how this played out. And I think he might have even apologized for for being as sensationalist as he was and as polarizing as he was, mm. kind of admitting that the media steered how the people themselves were thinking. And I think moving forward, both sides, Fox News and CNN slash MSNBC and, and all the, the other more remote uh, outlets, I think will have would, to reevaluate their approach. I think it would have been pretty interesting if there wasn't constant 24-7 media coverage mm-hmm. on the candidates themselves and it was more focused on just the places they spoke at during the campaign like their speeches of that then the debates and that was it yeah you mean less sensational stuff and yeah, like, less, yeah. Less not, the, not the 24-7 coverage that they did you look on the TV the entire like what six months up to it at least yeah. it was Trump this Trump that Hillary Clinton this the entire time you never got another story in there mm-hmm I'd like to see more policy stuff, even in the debates, because the media is, they're the ones that are yeah, no giving the debates, and they're asking these questions that they Why know are just going to cause arguments. Like, asking the questions. I don't know, I think it's it would become game. a, uh, I mean, it's already kind of a, a joke that way, because you have, it, if you look at, like, uh, congressional committee hearings, you have, just recently, uh, what was the, the hearing I was watching, um, can't remember, blank on what it was, but... Depending on what the issue du jour is, you have the political side of the committee that's in favor of it giving softball questions to whoever mm-hmm. is being heard. And then you have the opposing side giving like those pointed questions, even if they are questions. Sometimes they just go on five-minute tirades and then end with some simple yes or no answer just because it has to be a How question. About this? What if they got the leading professionals in every sector of, of the economy? Like, and so you have the intellectuals from every field. Academia. We have to, you have to get someone like that's business. unbiased too, which is really hard when it, when you get up to that level. No one's really. Well, if if you get a pull from that, I think it level out. You'd have people who are biased both ways. So right. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that they're unbiased, but the media um, and the media is very biased. Right, but they're more trained with the questions mm-hmm. to to ask stuff that's not quite as biased, even if it is, and definitely comes off that way. Yeah, it's in theory. Like definitely, there should be more experts involved in both the campaign slash election process as well as the governing process but the issue is if you have experts asking questions at town halls and debates they'll be asking the pointed questions but the real meat and potatoes of what they're what they're asking will require some sort of background knowledge about the field otherwise it'll be like elementary school to them and the issue is most of america won't be able to understand the background of what they're talking about because most of America aren't experts. Yeah. That's so like, it's kind of like a catch-22 in that way. I feel like they can dumb down the language. <laughs> <laughs> Have a translator there. <laughs> well, I mean, experts should know how to say stuff in common people's yeah. terms, I guess. Yeah. Know your audience, basically. Right. Maybe pull from professors like from universities because right. it's their job to, to teach those who don't know. Right about what they do know. It could actually be an educational experience sure. as well for yeah. people. But I, li- I like what you said about uh, people getting involved in politics uh, that are experts. 
even more so than them being involved in the election process because there's a politician in every political seat, which sounds like exactly. it makes sense, but uh, there's not really any representation from certain communities of people that would be far more qualified. Right. You don't need a politician in charge of uh, education necessarily. It should be a politician. It shouldn't be a political issue. Right. It, it should be someone with a background in education, someone who understands how to educate and how the whole process works from budgeting to actual execution of raising the new generation of young Americans. Do we put someone who, who's never heard of military planning as Secretary of Defense? I think we have in the past, but right now we probably have arguably one of the most well-versed SecDefs. But then if you look at Betsy DeVos, right, less so. Huge trade-off there. Right. It's been very qualified candidate in a very... Underqualified. Yeah, it's to say uh, the least. I, whether yeah. she's highly qualified for anything is debatable, <laughs> if you ask me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but or, or Ben Carson. Like, is he a qualified neurologist? Maybe. I wouldn't want him cutting open my head. Well, but. apparently apparently he is. I mean, apparently he's really good at his trade. Okay. But, uh, like, for what they, they want to put him in. For, is, like, yeah. HHS or, or no, uh, uh, Housing and Urban Development. Yeah. Uh, it's a political move, and right. it's, it's, there's no qualification. There. Right, because they, they want, you know, a person of color in the housing housing and urban development. Come on, give me a break. Right. It's so transparent. And they can still accomplish that goal still with, with uh, putting in somebody that's actually qualified. Right, exactly. You like, know, but I don't, I don't think that, that race should even be a factor yeah. uh, when selecting positions anyway. Yeah. You'll get your diversity naturally if you pick the most qualified people. Right, you'll get experts in their field, and you don't need to artificially that's it. Uh, pick for diversity. Like privilege, then. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, speaking of uh, issues that shouldn't be political, being political, or maybe that's an assumption, but we'll, we'll see. No, I, what, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about like, legalization of marijuana? Like, I know it, it, there's been a lot of discussion about it, but and as there should be, it seems like each year more and more states are at least. Showing some open-mindedness about the issue, if, if not legalizing it outright. Well, it only becomes political because you have people that are funding politicians to keep it illegal, and I guess probably in some cases to legalize it, um, although I hear about people uh, funding to keep it illegal more often than not. I am very pro-legalization of marijuana for pretty much every reason that's, that's presented, <laughs> but mainly because there's no reason it should be illegal, and the whole illegalization was a hoax to begin with. Well, what do you mean it was a hoax? Well, it was... So, do you, I mean, do you know the story behind of why it's Schedule 1 now? Uh, I've heard bits and pieces, but yeah, well, can you just explain a little bit? Yeah, so basically... And obviously there's a lot of factors that go into these things, so it's not just... Uh, one driving thing, but this was a big part of it, where there was uh, this dude named William Randolph Hearst, who was... Uh, the founder of... Or the... the yeah. The, the father of yellow journalism. Right, yeah. So he he had huge investments in paper, essentially, and hemp was a huge competitor with that industry. Um, not even like marijuana, the psychoactive stuff, it's just hemp itself, which is uh, an extremely versatile plant. So he wanted to make it illegal. So it's actually released this big racist propaganda campaign saying that Mexicans were smoking marijuana and then raping white women. And uh, it kind of sounds like modern politics were building a wall, but right. Yeah. Discussion for a different day. So that kind of got things moving in, in the wrong direction there. And then uh, all the propaganda movies that came out and such, and then, you know, becomes illegal under the basis that we don't know enough about it currently. So that's why it's in Schedule 1. That, that was the basis that the uh, DEA put it under. And I would imagine, I mean, I don't have any data offhand about it, but common sense seems to lead me to the conclusion that the tobacco industry also has a significant stake yeah. in whether a marijuana is legalized because it's they're elastic goods I think or I was confused elastic versus inelastic but as people consume marijuana they tend not to consume tobacco right so if marijuana were legalized that would presumably cut heavily into the tobacco industry profits yeah, it's a competitor. I think even more so than that is the pharmaceutical industry because mm -hmm. compounds in marijuana can have the same desired effects as a lot of more dangerous and significantly more expensive pharmaceuticals on the market. Those desired effects can 
aren't only just getting high. It's, it's right. There are medical benefits. Yeah, like CBD, which doesn't get you high at all, um, has anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. properties, um, anti-stress, anti-seizure, which is like one of the driving issues or has been yeah. in the legalization of at least medical marijuana. I saw that video of uh, the guy with Parkinson's, I believe it was, sitting there shaking in control. I mean, it was kind of hard to watch. And then like they showed like five minutes after he like took a rip off a bong and he was just like completely calm and normal. Like completely yeah. just took care of it. Because it, it's a, a depressant, so it calms the, the nervous system. It's actually kind of between a stimulant and depressant. Mm-hmm. It's not really classified as either. But yeah, I mean, it does calm the nervous system in, in that sort of way where it prevents against uh, some of the side effects of certain diseases. Yeah. So the medical reasons for, for keeping marijuana illegal, I think, are debatable, if not completely. What, what reasons are you referring to? I think people saying that it, it's a gateway drug, I think that's more or less, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a hoax, but uh, it's a, a wives' gateway. tale, if you think, if you, so to speak. I, I don't think it's a gateway drug any more than, say, alcohol would be. Well, there's no way to prove that, number one. Number two, it's a gateway drug. In, I, I think it is right now because it's illegal. Because yeah. if you're going to buy your marijuana from your drug dealer and they're like, well, today... Well, there's no I regulation have, on it, so they can... Mix it with whatever the fuck. That's true. They, yeah, like they can get you addicted by yeah. lacing it yeah. with angel dust or whatever. Or, yeah. or they can say like, hey, you buy marijuana from me all the time. Here's some acid. Yeah. Or here's some MDMA or whatever. Try this. If you're buying it legally, like you buy alcohol legally. Yeah. It will be regulated. In you know, you're not going in, into the liquor store. And right, they're not right. saying like, hey, hey, we got mushrooms over here. Also, yeah, exactly. You'll, also, you'll know what you're getting. Yeah. So It's like, yeah, when I go, go, go grocery shopping, <laughs> I'm not going in there looking to buy beer, but... Right. Happen to you know, I'm getting my, uh, almond milk on one aisle, and then in the refrigerator right across from that, there's a six pack of some some craft beer that I haven't had before. I say, oh, you know, right. I'm here already. Why not get some of it? Why not try it? So the almond milk's a gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. So actually, that, that's kind of an interesting point that you they make that actually keeping it illegal and pushing the sales of it to illegal vendors, meaning drug dealers, is what creates marijuana's uh, gateway properties right it's not the marijuana itself it's no. it's the market that we create by keeping it illegal yeah yeah you have drug dealers selling like i said this and that you know and that's what's on the yeah. uh, on the menu then someone's more likely to either be and drug dealers they'll pressure somebody into buying something sure. else like you don't want to buy this you know whatever they, drug dealers aren't really the most upstanding of individuals right. necessarily. So like it might even be coercion involved or, you know, whatever. And there is oftentimes and yeah. they're already breaking the law. So obviously they're not worried about legal repercussions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Of, uh, doing something. They'll punch you in the fucking face. If you don't, if you don't, uh, you know, spend an extra 10 bucks on this. But. You hear stories about drug dealers. Somebody's picking up marijuana and the drug dealer forces them to do a line of cocaine, which is extremely addictive. Prove they're not a cop or something. No, just to try to get hooked on it. So they'll come back for more of it. Yeah. Or something more expensive. Like straight up intimidation. Like this person can't get their marijuana from anybody else because yeah. it's illegal. So they have to go to this person who then forces them to take a line of cocaine. And then they, they like cocaine because that's what it does to your brain. Yeah. And then they're hooked on Huge cocaine. endorphin rush or whatever it is. Gateway drug because of the political and this political situation and the reality of what's currently going on. So it's, it's a, tr- a true self-fulfilling prophecy you call this thing a gateway drug you you ban it force the, the sales of it to become a black market uh system and then that system itself is what causes it to be a gateway it's not whatever's being sold it could be they could be selling shampoo right uh, it just but that fear that calling it a gateway drug promotes is exactly what makes it a gateway drug and i just I, it's, it's totally asinine when you think about it. And that, so that argument's the most relevant for me in terms of the gateway drug argument. But then there's another one where marijuana is the most harmless and the lightest, basically, of all the mind-altering substances. And I'd include alcohol in that list, yeah. too, because alcohol is much more harmful than marijuana is. So a lot of people will start with marijuana, and then they'll move on to other things because it's, it's safer, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think for me... The biggest issue, like what the biggest non sequitur in the whole legalization issue is as long as marijuana, sorry, as long as alcohol is legal, there's no reason marijuana shouldn't be 
shouldn't also be legal. Yeah. Like, no, we're making tax the fuck out of it. Well, aside from aside from the whole like monetary benefits in Colorado, which I think was one of the first, uh, I think it's the know, first yeah. handful of states that legalized it, it, their tax revenue just exploded after that, and and subsequently, I think they pumped a lot of money into their education system. But going back to the the, da- the relative danger with alcohol, like, no one comes home and beats their family after smoking some, you know. Taking a few hits off a bomb. No, they eat eight bowls of cereal. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they might like. <laughs> or they watch Nickelodeon. Yeah, they might blow yeah. their, their their kids' college fund on uh, on Doritos, but they're not going to come home and cause harm to their family. They might give their family hugs and tell them how much they love them, but if someone comes home drunk, oftentimes they are not maybe not oftentimes, but maybe for all you. the time. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> if you drink, you beat your family. <laughs> it's, it's on the bottle, but. The point is, a lot of times when people do beat their their spouses or their kids, alcohol is often involved. It's not the case of marijuana. No. Ever. If, if, if it ever has been, it's never been shown. And you'd think yeah. that they would have shown it by now with all these studies yeah, that they try course. to discredit it. Exactly. As far as health concerns go with smoking uh, marijuana, what I'm understanding is how tobacco can be legal. And you still have those same concerns for lung cancer and everything else. So there's another issue. I yeah. feel like if one's legal, the other one has to be legal as well. Yeah. Either that or make the other one legal, which is not going to happen. Yeah. They're never going to outlaw t- like tobacco. The industry is too big. It's way too big. It has too much a stake in government. You know, so much shit mixed in with tobacco. It's not, not like uh, 18th century <clears throat> cigarettes where you just, you know, you have tobacco leaves hanging in your barn, you roll them up and smoke them. Like it's, it, cigarettes are so heavily cut with with other crap yeah there's also probably a legal debate that's going on but more behind closed doors among uh non-politicians about that yeah and and that's okay but marijuana isn't okay like you said about the health issues like come on like sure on the black market marijuana can be cut and, and all sorts of additives can be thrown in but if you legalize it you can regulate that and prevent that. What I'm curious about is if it is legalized nationwide. Well, I don't know how it is being regulated in the states that it is legalized, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if the marijuana industry w- would be doing the same thing where the tobacco industry is and adding more um, like addictive substances to it to get you hooked on it. I mean, I think that's kind of something of the past that's carried over <laughs> because that wasn't regulated back when it started so it kind of carried over and the money was already there fueling the politicians uh, but with marijuana since it's new and since we're in more ethical times um, that hasn't been seen in states that have legalized it thus far it's just the pure product and it's already I mean as great as it is I guess for the, the people that are using it to where this, they're not trying to get people hooked yeah but you can also so as far as smoking goes with like potential negative health effects you're not going to have those um, if you vape or if you eat it in edibles, so you can still get the the drug administered. Or I've I've actually heard like mixed feedback on, on vaping and whether it's hazardous and whatnot. I think the jury's still out. Right, right. I mean, well, it's obviously I, well, it, hasn't, it hasn't been a than, thing long enough to be able to yeah. see the long lasting effects of it. Yeah, I'm talking about like actual like not like vaping with like vape pens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I guess you're the, talking about like a humidifier or something. Like you, you vaporize, um, was like with the vape pens, you're, you're inhaling like glycerol and whatever the flavoring is, mm-hmm. if that's what you, you were thinking I was talking about. I'm talking about those little volcano things where you put the marijuana inside of it and then it just, um, like a bed, bath and beyond, like, yeah, room. pretty much like aromatherapy yeah. type, type shit. And then you, you inhale the bag or whatever. But, uh, even if it's not, you know, completely harmless, cause I mean, most things aren't, uh, at least to some extent, um, yeah, that, You're I, still, that IPA isn't harmless either. No, no. You're still uh, not inhaling smoke. You're still not inhaling the natural tars of the product. Mm-hmm. I mean, what about edibles? Yeah. You can you can cook THC into... It's fat-soluble and alcohol-soluble, so if you make butter out of it, you can put that in pretty much anything <laughs> you make butter with, which is... Pretty much everything. This is becoming like the uh, a cooking show, yeah. <laughs> the anarchist cookbook. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> just instead of making explosives, we make uh, brownies that'll get you fucked up. Yeah. But no, that's not what we are. It's not what we're doing. Yeah, we're not making brownies right now. Nor are we marketing for certain products. 
So what was, you said there were other reasons, other arguments against it. What are the other ones that you've heard besides just the gateway drug theory? I mean, I think... Because we could go through and probably just debunk all of them right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, we should probably... Uh, so bring it on the board. Look, pull that up. Like, let me, uh, let me pull up a list on my electronic leash here. I think it's been completely disproven that it's harmful, at least THC itself, or CBD as a compound. Mm-hmm. So that whole... Like there was, there are rumors that float around about marijuana causes brain damage or anything like that, but it's been completely disproven in healthy adults that are of a certain age where their brains developed. Okay. Here is the top 10 reasons not to legalize quote medical marijuana from the drug free America foundation. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah. So number one. Smoked marijuana does not meet the standards of modern medicine because it's illegal. And also, I guess we're talking about medical marijuana here, so right. we're not going to get into medical standards. But I think there are a lot of members of the medical community who would argue with that. I, mean, I remember Sanjay Gupta on, did like an hour or two hour special maybe a couple of years ago. I think he does a special every few years yeah, ago right I mean, now because he, he's so adamant about right. it. He used to be against it. Yeah, exactly. It's just adamantly the, yeah. against it. Now he's... 180 degrees away from that he's adamantly in favor of legalization at least for the the medical benefits of it right which he's seen and that's his field right but as far as that goes too like once it's legalized you can regulate it medically for those standards you can isolate thc or cbd or make it synthetically and use it i think they already sell thc synthetically um legally so (laughs) i mean a lot of pharmaceuticals at least early on in the pharmaceutical industry were derived directly from botanicals right from flowers and plants in the rainforest say because of certain specific properties that they had and you isolate them out and you can concentrate them or modify them or whatever they just don't want you growing your own medication and not buying it yeah and then number two marijuana use would increase Okay. Yeah. Is that a negative? Yeah. So what? (laughs) And alcohol use would decrease, probably? Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Who gives a shit? Three. Treatment and addiction rates would rise. Well, it's not addictive. 100% non-addictive. Mentally, you can get addicted to anything. So there's that factor where I can be mentally addicted to uh, cupcakes. But uh, yeah, fat ass. Which is actually, I mean, cupcakes are probably more addictive, uh, biochemically speaking, than marijuana because of the sugar reaction with your yeah. brain. Um, and, and marijuana doesn't have that. But I mean, you can get addicted to wearing a certain shirt. What if you every make sweetened day. marijuana, like the Swisher sweets of of weed? I mean, I know there's, there's I definitely know. ways to make it addictive. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no more addictive, just very conservatively speaking, assuming it is addictive on some level it's no more addictive than tobacco or alcohol or alcohol nicotine i mean well nicotine coffee and alcohol are all uh yeah you said coffee well yeah but i love yeah Yeah. i'm talking about you shut your mouth they're all they're all more addictive (laughs) the the withdrawal symptoms are much worse with marijuana if you're on a snoop dog smoking level and you quit cold turkey (laughs) and this this is this is accurate information Besides, like according, my, yeah. according to Snoop Dogg, <laughs> yeah. so. no, like if you quit cold turkey and you're smoking a ton every day, um, you might get headaches and have trouble sleeping for a week, and that's the top of the withdrawal. But it's considered to be completely non-addictive because you have to be at that level and the threshold so high for that. Um, you could literally have the same effects with probably cutting off, you know, eating some other non-addictive sugar. Food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, I did a purge maybe I don't know, a month or two ago. And where I just went like no sugar, yeah, cut out sugar. I I couldn't sleep. I was I had headaches. It was not pleasant. And you can buy sugar by the pound. Yeah, I've experienced that too. It's not fun. Yeah, like completely cutting out all carbs for a while. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, anytime your body's used to something, right? But so it's once again completely as as far as the medical standpoint goes, non-addictive. So that whole. Yeah, I think that's... The whole bullet point is just fake. I think that's unsubstantiated. Number four, education would be adversely affected. Regular use of marijuana compromises the ability to learn and to remember information by impairing the ability to focus, sustain, and shift attention. I mean, so does alcohol. Yeah. 
And also, all those things are illegal under the age of 18 and 21 for old tobacco. Yeah, I mean, so, fine. Like, if, if we legalize marijuana, put a, a minimum age. I'm fine with that. Because drug dealers don't care about who they sell to. They'll sell to the middle schooler because they can make their money. That's true. I mean, but I mean, we murder's illegal and there's still murder. So there's always going to be something illegal going on. But and the people that want to use it that are in high school and middle school that are using it during school because it's only when you're using it like actively where you'd have the uh, education impairment mm -hmm. at least in, in some people I mean, but just as easily some middle school student some 14 year old can fill a flask or right. a water bottle with uh, something from mom or dad's liquor cabinet and drink that in the bathroom at school if, there's nothing or yeah. right in the middle I've of class seen it. or right in the middle of class <laughs> I've seen yeah. It. yeah get some like Clear tequila in the, in the bottle. Like, yeah, teach them just hydrating. People used to do that in my high school. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I remember. Usually on special occasions, not yeah. every day. In my high school. For most people. In my high school, there were some. <laughs> Young, blooming alcoholics. <laughs> remember in my high school, there were quite a few kids who came from uh, a lot of money. Like, enough that they didn't even know what to do with it. And it was a thing, at least for a while. So, like bite off the cap like the back uh cap of a big pen mm -hmm. and they'd fill it with with blow and then they'd cap it and the pen would work because the ink cartridge is still in there and then they go to the bathroom pull it off and just like suck it right out of the out of the back of the pen like strong do you think that that helped them learn uh, probably not <laughs> <laughs> but i mean we're not talking about cocaine yeah uh i was about... just wondering yeah no, I, it's, it's not like uh a... I mean, i'm not saying mar marijuana helps you learn I, right. I think if you do have some sort of neurological issue that precludes concentration, then yeah, marijuana might settle those nerves and then bring you back to something that's normal. We're so also talking, yeah, I mean, you have the crazy anxiety. Yeah. We're also talking about CBD in addition to THC and other compounds. And CBD, which is once again non psychoactive, if you're going to have seizures while you're sitting at your desk because that's the condition you have and you're taking CBD, I mean, you can be fully cognitive um, and probably learn much better or if you have anxiety and you can't pay attention because that really, really takes its toll on, yeah. on uh, your learning process. And you take CBD, which is non-psychoactive, um, it'll actually enhance your learning if, if you're not you know, smoking the plant, you know, if you're taking the isolated CBD oils. Yeah, Rocco is uh, getting on the verge of going into PhD level marijuana defense here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then, uh, look up these terms. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Oh, going back to our original topic, you should be the expert in the department of uh, marijuana growth, <laughs> soon forthcoming in our government. In a little bit, I'll tell you why I'm. Food and I think drug that is the perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> head of the FDA. Nice. <laughs> All right. Number five. Injuries and deaths from impaired driving would increase. Same with like, alcohol. Same with alcohol. Or or texting. And well, I have. Is our cell phones illegal? No. Or just being a Using human them. being who doesn't want to drive. <laughs> yeah, so that bullet points scare tactics, and it's it's highly uh, speculative because if like so. I mean, all this is people should, speculative because there's right. I mean, as has been has been shown, but people that uh, are using marijuana aren't nearly as impaired as people that are driving under the influence of alcohol, and that's been shown. That's been shown in studies. Granted, people, you know, you shouldn't be uh, getting fucked up and going and driving anyway. But I, I bet you that alcohol-related traffic accidents would decrease. I mean, usually people that are, that are high are driving like five miles under the speed limit, thinking that there's a cop on every corner. <laughs> not that it's a good thing to, to be driving under the influence, like I said, but it's, it's definitely not the same thing. It's well, not alcohol. It, you shouldn't be able to drive under the influence, period. Right. Just right. Make that, keep that illegal. Just like I just you can't operate any kind of machinery. Exactly. I'm saying for the people that are going to do stuff anyway, if they're alcohol users that are like, oh, well, marijuana is legal now and I like it better. And they're the people that were drunk driving before and now they're high driving. Uh, they're going to have less of a chance of being in an accident in studies that have shown that it's less dangerous to drive under the influence of marijuana. And, and that's for like people that are breaking yeah. the law, like I, think, I said, I think, not that it should be legal. By because means. you can't, like there's going to be people doing it. It's just going to happen. So. Yeah. Well, with any law, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean we should ban something or legalize something just because people are going to do well, it. No, it's just an at, yeah. like one of the bottom, on the bottom rung of reasons why it's yeah. bullshit. Exactly. But, well, I mean, that's still a factor though. Like the fact that, you know, you got to be able to enforce certain laws and, and what are the unintended outcomes. Yeah. I think one of the, the difficulties right now in terms of law enforcement and uh, enforcing DUI regulations, mm -hmm. assuming we were to just add in 
and marijuana to any law that that, is, that discusses mm-hmm. alcohol use and driving, operating machinery, whatever. If we just extended those laws to include marijuana, there are breathalyzers. Cops can just very quickly and easily and inexpensively determine if you have a certain level of alcohol in your system. Mm-hmm. I don't think yet, as far as I know, the technology for detecting marijuana use is not quite up to that standard. No, not yet. So it, it would be very difficult from an enforcement standpoint <laughs> to keep those DUI laws uh, on par with alcohol. Well, how is it in the states that already have it legalized? Um, I know they I, have I like they, were they do the something. no open container shit as well. I believe like it has to be like in a package if it's in your vehicle, like uh, marijuana. And that varies from state to state because yeah. it's not federally uh, regulated. But yeah, I think that's that's part of it. Um, Just to uh, you mentioned, there's no data. This actually does cite some data. I'm not saying it's uh, airtight by any stretch, but it says five years after establishing a medical marijuana program. California saw a near 100% increase in fatal crashes where at-fault drivers tested positive for marijuana. And then, according to the Colorado Department of Transportation, drivers testing positive for marijuana doubled between 2006 and 2010, following an influx of pot shops and significant increases in registered medical marijuana users. So I've looked into that second one, and that, that's a causation thing, more, or it's a, it's a correlation thing more than it is a causation thing, at least just looking at the study. Um, I guess I guess they both are, but uh, you know, correlations that you that you know you're looking at specific factors and trying to draw a conclusion on. But since marijuana was legalized in Colorado, more people have moved there. I mean, there's there's a lot more people on the streets. Um, the population and people is, who yeah, move there. It's a self-selecting group. It's it the is, people who want to yeah, use marijuana. And, and traffic traffic incidents they increase exponentially the more people you have in an area. So, I mean, that's a factor that's overlooked there. You know, it says in, in what it's citing following the, the opening of pot shops. And they probably weren't testing for marijuana prior, like in the, the California. Like, I'm speculating here because I haven't read that study. But potentially in the, the first one that you talked about, can you read that one again? Uh, five years after establishing a medical marijuana program, California saw a near 100% increase in fatal crashes where at-fault drivers tested positive. Were they testing for marijuana prior to that five-year period all the time? Because after they legalize it, they're, they're expecting that to be a factor. You know what I mean? And it, it doesn't say that doesn't there. Say, so. But that's, there's a lot of factors that go into those studies, and those studies can be skewed either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, statistics are one of the best ways of lying. Right. So it yeah. depends on Unfortunately. How, you, how, you, you know, how you structure the graph, how you, how you paint the picture. What I'd like to see is more... Uh, studies using the scientific method with control groups and testing. There have been some, but I'd like yeah. to see uh, much larger sample sizes. And similar to the issue with vaping, I don't, I don't think marijuana has been legal for long enough to really do sufficient research into like statistics and data and rates of accidents or incidents since marijuana was legalized because it just, you, just, you need a certain number of years to actually look at how the population has adapted to changes in regulation yeah yeah not to mention there's so many factors that go into uh, automobile fatalities yeah so number six mass marketing of marijuana would launch and expand obviously if it's a legal product legal companies will want to advertise their wares it's like the previous one where it's like if it's legalized more people will start smoking right it's, it's like, like these are premised on the assumption that marijuana is this it's, evil it's, yeah, thing yeah. so if we limit if we eliminate that assumption i go back to the who gives a shit more people response. will start smoking and fewer people will use dangerous benzos to cure their anxiety <laughs> Number seven, accidents, liability, and insurance rates for employers would increase. Marijuana use adversely impacts employee performance and safety, major issues for business businesses and industry. What if, safety, absenteeism, turnover rates, tardiness, productivity, work quality, blah, blah, blah. That's all, once again, alcohol. It, there's no difference from alcohol. Right, and it's a, a personal thing. Like if somebody's a piece of shit and they smoke and it makes them more of a piece of shit, that's them. Also, every company has the right to ban certain chemicals like you put in your own body. Um, for instance, like for now, for sports, they can tell you they can't use steroids. Um, there's actually 
Do, do companies have that ability? And like, to, to what extent yes. are so professional sports? Tobacco even, they, you were not allowed, like, there's a construction company that um, Buddy Chris works for, and he cannot smoke. No, no one there can smoke because it would raise the insurance rates, like, per person. Like, for them to have healthcare through that company would be a lot more expensive if, like, for smokers. So no one can smoke or you don't get health care. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess if uh, current policymakers want to allow employers not to provide birth control as a required provision for their employees, then I suppose That's they'd be able to regulate what employees do uh, in terms of chemical consumption. So since you brought that up, that's actually a debate that's going on in states where it's legal where people are complaining like, I'm using this legally, like you're drinking, like my boss is drinking their 16 shots on the weekend. I'm smoking my joint uh, after work twice a week and uh, they're drug testing me and that's not fair mm. um, because it's legal and they shouldn't be allowed to. And that's that's a huge argument that's going on. Uh, or people that well, are I using it medically to like, you well, know. I think it comes down to is any company could have that right to do that. It's on you to decide whether or not you agree to that when you sign right, up for that job. Right. So if you agree to that, then you can be held to it. Well, I'm talking about the discussion of introducing legislation to change that to where they can't test for it. But for now, for now they can. And that's that's why the debate's there, especially for medical users that need the, the substance to solve whatever problem they have and can't find a job. I mean, I'm not against employers being able to test for it. Right. But I mean, just the same way that an employer, if you show up to a construction site, an employer should be able to walk up to you with a breathalyzer and say, here, blow. Because sometimes certain jobs, that actually creates a, a hazard, not only to the work itself, but to other employees. If you show up drunk to a construction site and you drive a wrecking ball through someone's head, like, that's an issue. So. Yeah. I think you should be able to. <laughs> a little bit of our statement. Oh, yeah, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's an issue. You might get a stern talking Not to really you. an issue. Not really an issue. Why did your finger yeah. like uh, Bad boy. So, um, <laughs> I think like my standpoint on that is that um, as soon as we come out with the breathalyzer for marijuana or whatever it's going to be called, um, then I think it should be illegal to test somebody and say, oh, you use this in your spare time uh, so you can't work here. Because if they're not high during work, then uh, it's it's basically their personal business. Yeah. Just like you can't say just like alcohol. Right. Like you can make, make the same argument with healthcare. It's not like you couldn't. It's not like it, they could be fired for it, but they waive their healthcare. But they can't say that people can't drink, which is worse for your body. So that's a that's another can. But also too, like if you have a doctor's note that says I need this, otherwise my glaucoma is going to get worse. Yeah, I'm sure there there would be. That would probably cover. Wouldn't that be better? Like, as you're spending less money on healthcare because you're growing your own medicine potentially. Maybe that, that's a really deep hole. I, 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 <laughs> I, a lot of discussion to be like ahead, pulling yeah. stuff like right out of my ass if I just tried going down that. <laughs> All right, moving on to, to number eight. Pot shops would proliferate just as with pill mills. Like, yeah, this is just like the mass marketing issue. Like, obviously, if something is legal, people are going to want to sell it, and they'll want storefronts to do it. Whoever's the author of this is really assuming that the, the devil's lettuce is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's that's the, the preconception that is, seems to be the basis of all this legislation. Like, no, this is, you know, we've established that this is bad. Like, sure, like 1950s education. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's bad because it's bad. Right. Because it's bad. And it's always been bad, so that means it's bad. Yeah. And we've always done it this way, so that means it's the right way of doing it. No, obviously not, retards. Evolve or die. <laughs> uh, environmental damage would occur. Wow. From growing more plants? It says... From smoking. Outdoor marijuana... Uh, use. Outdoor marijuana grows? Yeah. Uh, that's oh, a, I, it's I, a uh, term. Oh, like okay. a grow is like... It's like a garden, basically. Gotcha. Or okay. Whatever. All right. So outdoor marijuana grows pose a significant threat to our natural resources and wildlife. Marijuana farms on public lands in the northwestern parts of the U.S. have been linked to deaths of, of area wildlife, including, including bobcats, mountain lions, minks, and fishers, a rare breed of forest, mesocarnivores. or die. <laughs> the animals are being poisoned by chemical pesticides used in marijuana grows. Researchers have concluded that 
that game species consumed by human, including deer and boar, can be exposed to the same toxicants, and although no studies have been done to date, it's feasible that humans could be exposed. Fires also pose a risk. So is that a argument about what? marijuana or pesticides? Like, I mean, this this is asinine. So, so if someone has a kale farm, like they don't use pesticides, right? And animals don't consume those pesticides. And I those think pesticides the problem with that the is the region that it's in, because I'm assuming it's large farms that they're trying to hide. Possibly illegal farms, yeah, like in a forest somewhere. Speculation. Yeah, and that's the problem. However, it completely is debunked when you put in the fact that if it's legalized, you'll have fenced off like official farms to do this, where animals are not going to be able to get into. You'll have regulations exactly about what chemicals people you can that use. are growing the marijuana will be following the laws. So once again, legalization would actually solve the problems that they're posing. That. Are be, that are created now. Like the assumption that this is bad. That keeping them illegal like isn't going to do anything to you. It's right. just going to continue what's going on. Exactly. If you have to hide your grow in a forest where there's these animals and you're using pesticides because you don't care about the law to begin right. with. That are unregulated. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So, regu- uh, so legalization would presumably eliminate that, that issue. And finally, black market sales and diversion would increase. And this has to do with, this list is specifically addressing legalizing medical marijuana. So they're saying, just the the paragraph that comes under the heading, says that if you legalize medical marijuana, it would increase access to it, which would then presumably allow more people to sell it illegally. They're saying like like prescription medications. Mm -hmm. People who have ADHD, they get Adderall. And then they, they sell off friends. three quarters, exactly three quarters of their the prescription to to friends, but so the same can be said for guns, right? Or prescription medications. Also, if it was fully legalized, that would not be a problem either. That yeah, that point's completely irrelevant to me because yeah. I think that it's it should be legalized recreationally. So that I'd be like, cool, people, you know, people are using it recreationally, even yeah. though it's supposed to be medical. That doesn't would that not create a harder market for drug dealers? I think it would less profit, and they wouldn't be able to make as much of a living off. Right? I mean, just using the the logic of economics, as especially like supply side economics, as as conservatives and who are all pretty much the same people who want to keep marijuana illegal. The argument they say is the more the freer the market, the better it is for the consumer and for society, because a free market increases competition among producers and, and suppliers which then increases the quality of the goods and decreases the price of the goods for the end consumer. And therefore, everyone wins. So applying that same logic, marijuana legalization would be the best thing for reducing illegal sales and, and growing. I like to visit that something that you said real quick about the opposing group being conservatives. I think that it's opposed in a bipartisan fashion, just based on, on who's funneling in money for the opposition, like the pharmaceutical companies are, are paying both sides, essentially. A lot of religious people, which tend to fall in the conservative camps, are against it uh, for some weird uh, moral thing. My body is my temple, I guess. Right, yeah, and, and then they, get, they go drink wine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think that it's, it's uh, just conservatives. I think that if there's bipartisan support and there's bipartisan opposition to it. Uh, granted, it might be more uh, slanted one way than the other, I think that's right, that it's it's a bipartisan... Just because of the money. Yeah. That, follow the money. The pharmaceutical industry, the tobacco industry. Yeah, I think that's true in politics. But if just wider society, right, I'd okay. say people who fall on the left side of the spectrum tend to be pretty, pretty, pretty widely uh, in favor of uh, legalization. Whereas those on the right side of the spectrum, um, I would say, tend to be more in favor of keeping marijuana illegal though i think they're starting to bleed over to the legalization side especially among our generation of like millennials i think there are a few millennials who are against legalizing marijuana by and large yeah yeah i'd agree with that assessment i didn't know if you were talking about the greater political scale yeah i was i was thinking like more just big picture because of course no one believes anything in congress other than right money exactly what so what about like reasons that it should be illegal recreationally that are common that, that people spew out because the medical thing um obviously that's that's a huge factor but i'm advocating for legalization recreationally and a lot mm-hmm. of those arguments 
were kind under the caveat that you that you didn't want recreational marijuana yeah, yeah. to begin with. Uh, damaging to health. Okay, we addressed that. Endanger public safety. Marijuana use, like the use of alcohol, can cause impairment. Okay, we've addressed that. Lack of support for medical marijuana claim. Um, I totally disagree. Jeopardizes young people. No more than cigarettes and alcohol. Marijuana legalization will become the new big tobacco. Fine. I think like better <laughs> if it does become legalized, I think big tobacco companies are actually going to try to take a large stake in it. Yeah, I I'd probably agree with that. A lot in the way that uh, <laughs> they should they should transition. Companies. Like yeah, like oil companies now. Like, yeah, I just saw uh, was I think it was Exxon Mobil or or sorry BP had a whole commercial or even a whole campaign about how they're trying to explore alternative energy. But that's just the market is forcing them into that. So yeah. I think same yeah, you, I think you're absolutely right. That's a good thing. Marijuana can affect your sex life. That makes you more loving. I mean, is that <laughs> isn't that a personal thing anyway? Yeah, I mean. We need to make it illegal because you can't get it up. Like what? Well, unless you're gay in yeah. red states, and then being—that's being, not personal. Being though. morbidly <laughs> obese also affects your sex life. That's true. That, exactly. Yeah. Probably so, much worse than marijuana would. And uh, no one's ever had whiskey dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. It's been been linked with dangerous narcotics. Um, it's been linked it's, with them. Uh, like it's see. been used in the same sentence. <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, it's been listed as a narcotic along with heroin, cocaine, meth, and other dangerous substances. So it's a semantics. So yeah, right. Okay, it's listed. That doesn't make it true. Anyone it was listed. Same. Once again, you follow the money. Right. Okay, so we've discussed that. It lowers your quality of life. Uh, debatable. I mean, for me, I've smoked twice. I was not impressed either time. I felt like I was an idiot. So... I, even if it were legalized, I probably wouldn't smoke. But if it lowers your quality of life, why not just not smoke it? Yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly my, my point. If you legalized marijuana for recreational use, I would continue not using it because, yes, I didn't like how it affected me. But people who do find they enhance quality it, of life. A, it's just a silly bullet point because, like, yeah, for number one, all the medical users, obviously their quality of life is not reduced. Plus, with a non-addictive substance, wouldn't people just not buy it if, if they thought that, you know, their life was worse? I'm pretty sure the argument is that it improves. I mean, you see how many people don't users. drink because they don't like the way it affects them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, alcoholism. That doesn't affect quality of life negatively. Please. And the last one, cost, not yield tax dollars. I mean, it would cost society taxes, tax dollars, not generate income. That has been conclusively shown to be the opposite of what reality is debunked yeah. you know so in colorado i don't know if you guys heard i think it was colorado they actually had they had a law preventing them from collecting a certain amount of taxes there was a cap so they actually had to give back something like 12 dollars to every citizen because they collected so many taxes that year and i think they removed the law after that they were like yeah fuck that we want that money <laughs> but, uh, yeah it was something crazy where they were like you know it's not like everyone was getting back 30 cents it was like 12 bucks or something like that like every single citizen it's whether a, they were a user or not it says alcohol alone is believed to cost society 15 times more than the revenue gained by its taxation this is due to increased chance of road accidents whilst intoxicated etc okay fine so this goes back to what we were talking about a while ago, which was as long as alcohol is legal, right? there's no reason that marijuana shouldn't be illegal. If people want to keep marijuana illegal, then they should be pushing to reinstate prohibition. And the fact that marijuana is not alcohol. It doesn't have the same effects. That's also true. Yeah. Just both those points. Theoretically speaking, you, you can't have one without the other. That's like... It's like parenting, and, and you, you allow your kid to say shit and fuck, but you don't allow them to say crap. Mm -hmm. Like, that makes no sense. You're either not going to allow them to say naughty words, or you are. But you, like, to say, oh yeah, you could say those, but not this other group, that, that makes no logical sense. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. You want one of these? Yeah, I'm going to get a beer. I'll grab it. I need some alcohol to decrease my quality of life. So, this is my personal, really, really hardline stance on uh, politicians who have an opinion on this. I think that their viewpoint, their, their entire standpoint on marijuana is 100% indicative of whether or not they're fit for office or not. 
And here's why. Here's why. Just, you know, it's once I now get another good check. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah. No, once I break this down, I think it'll make sense. Um, so all the information's out there. Like it's the overwhelming information saying that it's not harmful. There are definitely medical benefits to it. So politicians that are against it are either one of two things. Either they're, I guess, three things. Either they're completely ignorant uh, and they don't do research on stuff that they make policy for, or they, they don't research their opinions, which makes them unfit for office. Number two, they know the information's out there, but yet they still are against it because they're being paid by somebody or they're ignoring the information. So it, for me, it's the perfect litmus test because it's right then and there, there are basically two routes you can go with that where someone's either corrupt or uh, intentionally ignorant or unintentionally ignorant. If you're not doing research on opinions that you have, then there's there's absolutely no reason for you to be making legislation. So how do you guys feel about my uh, my litmus test? Do you think that's it's, it's a good one? Do you I mean, think that it's a good metric? Also, what it comes down to is you they were voted for. Like, people decided and they voted for this person and put them in that position. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's on the voters in that case, which is why I'm saying we need to, like make sure we find out the stance of politicians in their campaigning process like before it goes to the vote because if they can just beat around bush and dodge questions and they mm -hmm. just be like oh well, he's republican versus a democrat right and republicans just vote for him even though he's like possibly has stances that don't align with what they would want more you get what i'm saying yeah yeah and as a voter one of my processes one of my processes <laughs> is that you say um <laughs> is I look at that question first and foremost to decide whether or not they're qualified to begin with before I explore them. Because you know, there's a lot of people I have to look into. Um, and that's like one of the first ones where I say, you know, that's, that's a huge piece of the pie for me because it either shows me that they're corrupt or they're ignorant, one or the other, corrupt or ignorant. Another huge thing is that money should be completely stripped from the whole political process itself. Oh, yeah, well, that's a whole... How do you go about issue. doing that, though? I don't think it's possible. I don't. I think that it's you can you can uh, I think all these potentially lower the influence, but money will always raise money during the campaign. Yeah, I mean, it's just just bullshit. Massive finance reform. Money will always seep its way in, always, the and it always has. The like, problem is like everyone, both sides of the aisle that are in Congress now want money. Right. I feel like they it should be held so across you, the board. So you can't change. So when you have college students and they're being um, scouted for the NFL. They cannot be. They cannot take any money. They cannot take any like rewards or any gifts from any like what's well, usually high school going to college. But they can't take anything from them. And I think it should be the same way for politicians running for office. They should not be able to take any kind of donations or anything from lobbying parties and big businesses. And if they do, they can both the business and them can be fined liable. I mean, I would agree with that standpoint, but I think that the money would still find its way in. Number one, it already has because yeah. that, this this recent election saw the the major role of PACs and political action committees and super PACs, and that basically they they were established to bypass all the campaign finance laws because those laws that are in place now, as as lax as they might be, still regulate how much candidates can receive from certain types of entities from each individual entity, etc. I think but, it should be zero. Well, that's that's fine. But then you have these super PACs, which are separate organizations. Officially and legally speaking, they have nothing to do with the candidate that they support. So as private entities, there's there's no regulation. There's no way of regulating how much they can they can fundraise, who they can fundraise from, including uh, foreign entities which is a real big issue when it comes to our elections. But basically, they, then these super PACs are the ones that pump in tremendous amounts of money to the marketing for the campaigns. And that way, again, it's it's not the, the, the candidate, uh, him or herself, that's, that's doing all these things. It's this separate entity that the candidate has nothing to do with. It's just friends of Joe Smith. It's not Joe Smith himself. Right. And you know, I think almost every voter would agree with that. They don't want to see money from corporations in politics, but nobody that's actually in politics agrees with it. So how do you pass something through people that all don't want it? You know what I mean? Nobody wants that. That's a congressman because that's, I mean, that's how they get elected. Is Congress going to vote for to take a pay cut? No, never. No, never. You're, it's like asking a cop to give himself a ticket for speeding. It's just not going to happen. No. 
because they're <laughs> the only way that they are even in office now is because of the uh, the donors that they have currently. Yeah, I remember uh, Steve Colbert back when he was on the report. Uh, this was maybe 2008, 2009. It was a college graduation season, and his monologue was, you know, to paraphrase it, said, I'm part of the generation that is established and I'm doing well for myself during current situations and parameters. So don't change the world. Now, obviously, this is meant to contrast the the typical college graduation speech of go forth and change the world. And he's yeah. saying, no, please don't. I like it just the way it is. And I think that's exactly the situation we're seeing now. The people who we need to change the ways that things are are the exact ones who don't want things to change. This concludes our podcast, Into the Weeds. Have any remarks? Is there anything we forgot to mention? Is there an argument against the legalization of marijuana that we neglected to take into account? Let us know by leaving a comment. We hope you enjoyed listening and invite you to join us next time for Evolve or Die.